We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN the Eurostep Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, Ty Winnish. I'm joined as always by the very exceedingly punctual for not a morning person. Was in here at the crack of 8 a.m., Rohan Kadi. Rohan, my good no, no, man. Don't, don't say the time. That's going to make me sound like... No, what? Oh, I, I, think, I think a lot of people... I think, I, think, I think most of the people are with you in not being morning people by choice. I, you follow along. At the crack of 5 a.m. when we recorded this, Rohan Kadi. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How's it going, Rohan? Doing well, doing well. It was a, it was a busy weekend, so that well, that that's my excuse. I, I, uh, I don't, I don't. As a morning person, as a self-confessed sicko, I don't think you should feel bad about not wanting to be not just up, but ready to podcast. Like there's a difference between just being awake and ready to hop on the mic and talk to me, who's been up guzzling coffee for an hour and a half about Milwaukee Bucks preseason, which is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to cover the biggest. Bucks storylines from preseason so far. We're going to rapid fire, getting into it. You know we have other podcasts. If you don't, you can find out the info and the links at gspn.info. But we're diving in head first. Biggest storylines. Rohan, I present you the floor to start with your biggest storyline from the first three L's and games of the Bucks preseason so far. Ooh, okay, let's see. If I'm going first, I should go up with the... Uh... Let's start with let's start with defense. Let's oh, start with defense. There we go. Yeah, was this was this on your list? I honestly, I was I was more focused on players, so I did not include this on my list. But I um, that's this is good. Let's talk about it. So there's been a point made, uh, and also Eric Name at the Athletic wrote about this about how the Bucks have sort of shifted their defensive scheme through these first games of preseason, and obviously this isn't the regular season. Uh, it's it's not confirmed that this is going to be how the Bucks play their base scheme throughout the entirety of the season going forward. It might just be something they're trying out. It might just be something they're tweaking. 
but we have seen a concerted effort in just base pick and roll defense to not help, not abandon three point shooters just to play two on two pick and rolls. And even though that is something that the Bucks have really tried their best to do uh, throughout the entirety of Bud's tenure in Milwaukee, playing two on two pick and rolls, you always have like someone helping off uh, like a corner. And we're just like, we get so, so frustrated. Like, why is Pat sort of fading away from the corner to help on a Drew Brooke Lopez pick and roll defense? Like, why trust your guys? You can accept death by floater. And that's something we've also seen throughout these first couple preseason games is if you want to nitpick at this defensive scheme, you can say, oh, well, if you just play against someone who has an elite floater, it's kind of you can get exposed very easily. And the Bucks just played two games against Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks, who is someone who is a master at the floater game. And you saw it get picked apart. You saw Trey Young have great success in that sort of mid-range area against the Bucks pick and roll defense. So that's something I'm really watching. What about how, how do you feel about it, Ty? I love it. I think it's something that we've been begging for, especially in the playoffs, for a long time. And PJ Tucker did too, right? That was his whole thing during the net series was don't help so much. When you have almost entirely at least plus defensive personnel and a lot of elite defensive personnel between Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Wesley Matthews, uh, Javon Carter. You go down the list. There's a lot of elite or close to elite defenders on the Milwaukee Bucks. They're doing great work at containing plays. And then there's just an open three that's that's right there because of the scheme you know, I, I think helping too much a lot of the time. And, of course, there needs to be adjustments. I think it's pretty bad luck for the Bucks that when they're trying this, two of their five preseason games are against Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. Trey, in addition to, he scorts them with threes in the second of their two games in Abu Dhabi. An elite floater player and an elite lob thrower with elite lob threats in Clint Capella and Onyeka Okongwu. By the way, totally random. We're not going to discuss this. Onyeka Okongwu being like a with the young guys, like playing garbage time minutes role is crazy. It's he is ridiculous. way too good. It's Dude, I thought he was going to get a triple double in the end of that game because he was just dominating. He's way too good for that. Bucks trade for Onyeka Okongwu. I don't care if he can't shoot. That guy is good, man. Anyway, Hawks have a lot of pl- DeAndre Hunter, too. They were really impressive in those games. But anyway, enough about the Hawks. I love the defensive scheme. There's going to be warts. We've talked about this when they started to switch more, especially last year without Brooke and in in the year before, before the championship, when they were really diversifying their base defense a little bit and not just dropping. We covered it, right? Like there's going to be warts. There's going to be games where they look worse because of this, but the ultimate goal is to be better equipped in the playoffs. And that's how I look at this change as well. And I think this is... This is the way. I think this is how they get to be even better defensively. I don't think there's anything else they could do to better refine their drop. And I think refining the drop is a great idea, if you ask me. Or just like the way they they handle pick and rolls. Just trust the guys. Trust Drew and Giannis and Brooke and Wes and Javon and George Hill if he's out there. Chris Middleton if he's out there. To make a play, you know, disrupt that shot from behind if the ball handler gets in front of you and gets to floater range. You know, trust Brooke to cover it up, cover everything up, even when it looks like he shouldn't be able to. 
I'm all for it. I'm all for not bailing out. We talked about this a lot on Binge the Bucks, right? They bailed out the Raptors by giving up those open shots over and over and over and over. Getting away from that. I know, but I I can live with guys getting beat. That's basketball. You get beat, you lose, that's fine. I would much rather have a team have to beat Drew and Giannis and Brooke, etc., than just be able to find open shots because of the scheme. So I love this week. I anticipate some growing pains, especially against teams like Atlanta. But I think in the long run, this is going to be a great change that will really help the Bucs in especially playoff settings. But do you think that it should be more matchup specific? Probably, but I also think in the regular season, you probably just want as much practice as you can. What did... What did a friend of the show, Jim Ozarski, tell us? They practice like 12 times a year. Yeah. Like there's just only so many chances to get these reps. So I I think in the playoffs, we would see it changed up if it really wasn't working. But I'm fine with it being the general in the regular season. I mean, really, how many teams are you that worried about for floaters and lobs? There's not that many. Hawks are one. The Cavs, I suppose. The Knicks? I'll live with the Knicks. I'm okay. I, 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 I'm not going to lose sleep over Jalen Brunson and RJ Barrett or whatever the hell they're doing. I guess the um, Warriors. I mean, Steph yeah. is great at it. He doesn't do it that much, though. Steph's so just an elite finisher in general. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, some guys that are going to eat no matter. I mean, again, Trey was cooking them with threes, which has nothing to do with this tweak in the second game. Like, some guys are just going to cook if they're elite players. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably not as big of a deal. Yeah, so I mean, I think anything you play is going to get you cooked some nights. I think the Bucks are not a team who over-adjusts in the regular season. It's going to frustrate us some nights, but I do see the bigger picture here, and I'm okay with that if by playoffs they're very comfortable. I mean, guys have talked about it is a, kind of a tough adjustment to not help after they've been doing it the same way for so long. So I think you, as the Bucks like to say, you build the good habits and everything and get used to playing a certain way. Get better every day. Get better every yeah, day. Just, just trying to get better every day. And I, I, I do think in a general sense, it's better to be able to toggle to helping if you need to, but the base should be not to help. I've always said, make guys prove they can beat you before you change what you're doing. And I think this is a better base and I think they need to get used to playing this way. Yeah, that's fair. I, I completely agree with you, by the way. I think this should be the base. This is should this is what they should be rolling with uh, as their base defensive scheme. But uh, no, it's going to be something to watch going forward. Uh, the rest of the preseason, start of the regular season. Um, the Bucks also have a back-to-back this week in preseason. A road home back-to-back, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, is it Milwaukee-Chicago? Yeah, but still. It, yeah, it, well, that, we're going to get one more real preseason game is what this means. Like the last one is going to be like Lindell, A.J. Green. No, hopefully, like, is it only those two left? What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, I hope they I hope they don't play in Chicago because I might go Wednesday. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm sure it'd be home crowd. I would I would imagine. OK, but uh, moving on, what's uh, what's one thing from your list? My number one. And I pulled data for this. Oh. is Javon Carter as PG2. So there, this has been the biggest thing I've tracked. I, I did not go into preseason expecting this. I was looking at, you know, Mamu and some other stuff. But, like, 
Javon Carter has played more than George Hill in all three games so far. I want to include the caveat. This is preseason. Things could change. And there has been, like, Brooke isn't playing much. Like, the, the older guys are being limited in minutes. Javon has also entered the game first, and I believe all three of the games, and played more with the real rotation players. That may matter more, quite honestly. It probably does matter more. Because I think that part of it, that has been consistent with what we would expect the rotation to look like. Starters start, like, we we haven't seen, like, Marjan thrown into a start, right? It's been like, okay, Grayson and Grayson, well, Wes hasn't really been healthy, but Grayson will start, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, the guys you would expect to like really step in if the real Bucks, quote unquote, were without starters for a game. And then off of the bench, it's like Bobby, if he's not starting, Pat and Javon have been like the first reserves. So I went and looked because a lot of people are saying, hey, it's just preseason, which again, the minutes, I think I would agree, but the spot in rotation, I, I do think matters. And I, I think we've seen the Bucks play it like a, a very cautious, real rotation. But people said, oh, Javon played more last year. And then by the playoffs, it was over. And, you know, you can't trust it. You can't trust it won't change. So I pulled it up. I pulled up every game they played together to see who played more. So Javon, first eight games, I believe, George Hill was out. And I think the context for this matters a lot because George comes back for the Bucks 69th game of the regular nice. season. Yeah, I think it was actually the Brooke Lopez game, too. Uh, just also oh, it quieter. Was Utah, right? Yeah, in Utah. Yeah. Uh, and Javon plays more than him that night. But the context of like George is coming back from like very serious back and neck injuries and like playing like not just, even not even coming back from he's just yeah, like just he's dealing with dealing with and it. this is the end of the regular season and the Bucks were not that concerned about seeding as evidenced by them not playing anybody in the last game of the regular season. So this is only counting games where they both played. If one of them sat, I didn't count it. Even with George battling through those injuries and Javon like filling up minutes, in the uh, 11 games they played together, George played more minutes seven of the 11 in the regular season. And in the playoffs, all five of the games George Hills played, he played more minutes. So last season, regular season and playoffs, it was 12 to four in favor of Hill for minutes changes. And I didn't do this because I didn't want to skew the data. I would bet if I looked at some of these where Javon played more, it was a game the Bucks like either punted semi way through or there was like a big lead. Like I didn't filter out garbage time. So that could be factored into the four. Uh, and then again, this preseason, it's been 3-0 in favor of Javon. I think there's a real shift. And, and I think just from watching how he's played, I think there should be a real shift, right? Like Javon yeah. is on the honest timeline. He looks like he has more point guard skills than he's been given credit for. We know he what the defense is like. He told him, and I don't know if we listened enough to him, but I've loved the handle, his shot making off the dribble, and the fact that he does it, but he picks his spots so carefully. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be a guy where we're going, oh my God, I can't, Javon just took his eighth sh bad shot of the game. He takes like one or two of them per game. And it's always like, it's like a palate cleanser, right? It's like a nice, it's like, it's like sorbet. It's like, oh, that was nice. That was a nice change of pace for this Bucks offense. I'm all on board. Javon Carter, point guard two, playoff rotation. I think it's coming. I don't think George is as down and out maybe as it seemed, but also he's been like the ninth or tenth guy playing in a lot of these preseason games. 
And I don't think that's just because of age. Like, I think he could play earlier if he was slotted in in the rotation earlier and just not play as much. I truly believe that we're seeing the shift toward Javon Carter, which is very exciting, even if a lot of people don't want to trust it because we've been hurt before. Yeah, it's 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 good. I'm glad like those those are good numbers you pulled. Um really illustrating the the point we're trying to make here, but even even if you want to go further than that, uh just the role that they're playing. Even in games we saw last season when Javon Carter was playing more than George Hill, we did not see Javon Carter essentially be PG2. We did not see him in an offensive initiator role. We did not see him with the ball in his hands a lot. He was asked to be sort of this is really, I'm not making a comparison. It was Matthew Delvadova-esque in that role. Like, be a 3 and D guy who can be a shooter, right? That's all he was asked to do. But this season, yeah. in this preseason so far, again, preseason, he's being asked to handle the ball. He's being asked to, like, set up offense. He's being asked to create plays. He's hitting, he's coming off screens in transition and hitting threes, Ty. Like, this is not something we've seen from Javon Carter in the past in on this Milwaukee Bucks team. It's a new role for him, and you can tell he's put in the work, he's put in the effort, and the Bucks coaching staff is trusting him and allowing him to showcase his skills, and it's going really, really well. Again, this is preseason. This is something that's going to have to be monitored as the regular season starts and continues. But it's very, very positive results uh, so far. And you also can see George Hill excelling in the role that he has now. Like, if he's not being asked to be, oh, don't be an offensive creator, be a guy who can just finish plays, be a guy who can play smart defense, be a guy who can be a shooter. Like, there was, there was one point he had a he had a cut down the lane, there was a foul call, but he just threw it down. Like, George Hill? what what What's happening here? Like, this is, this is the best of both worlds because we get to see Javon Carter showcase and uh, we don't have to see the warts that we've seen from George Hill in this role in the past. But we also get to see George Hill utilized in a role that's more suited to his game nowadays. And both both can help this Milwaukee Bucks team. Just some more Javon stats from the preseason. The shooting just won't go away. Despite being one for five in his, in his first game in preseason, he's six for nine from three. In nice. preseason so far, yeah, he's shooting 66% in this preseason. Also, I think probably more instructive, 11 to 2 assist to turnover ratio in preseason. He doesn't, he doesn't turn the ball over. No. He's very calculated in what he does. It's usually his handle going wrong. Like I, at least one of those two was he was like really trying to size somebody up and he just – he got it poked away and it was a turnover. So his actual passing I think is really nice and crisp. He's able to get through the first layer of defense, like kind of shockingly easy. Like he just gets in there. And that's one where more minutes with Giannis, like that can really open up some fun and easy buckets. Also 25 points, so about eight points average in the three games. Boosted a lot by his 17.5 for six from three effort in the first Abu Dhabi game. But uh, he scored two in the first preseason game and uh, I think six in the last one. Just like everything's been really impressive. I think his defense actually hasn't been as good as we're used to seeing. But that's something where if he's going to take – we've seen this with Chris, way different players. But if he's going to take on more offensive load and let that defense slip and then just be able to maybe tap into it in certain moments, that's fine. Like that trade-off is okay. That will keep him on the floor 
much more, being able to provide that true second point guard offense. I mean, this was a thing we looked at as maybe the biggest hole on the team. Javon's looking like he's going to be able to plug a lot of that hole. Yeah, it's it's something that I was I was clamoring for in the offseason, just a guy who can handle the ball and do good things with it, right? Yeah. Like, he was he was right there the entire time. This is Javon Carter. He's the, here and he's perfect, baby. The, the call is coming from inside the rotation. Okay, what is uh, what's up next for you now? I think I, I don't. I'm worried where we are getting and we're getting people almost too hyped. But I just think like we've not seen bad stuff from Javon. Like it's just all yeah. been good. Also, he looks like he's getting better. People, yeah. yeah, we're also telling people temper your expectations. I'm telling people that, but I'm not able to do that myself. It's the problem. Oh, Ty, same, but we shouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> um, here's another thing. This is something we talked about last week, if we're going to my list now. It's Grayson Allen finding his role within the offense. That was my that was my next one. I just put Grayson Fireball. Yes. Just I I told you guys to believe. No one listened to me, Ty. No one listened. Year two, Grayson. Year two in the in the Milwaukee Bucks system. Obviously, he's not a second-year player. But one more year feeling more comfortable. One more year where he can learn and get the trust of his teammates. One more year where he knows where to be. And you can get solid results. And we're starting to see that so far, Ty. We're seeing him get more shots up. We're seeing him be more decisive with the ball in his hands, making quicker decisions, making faster decisions. We're seeing him play a role in this team where if he can be as fast twitch as he is right now in the regular season and playoffs, there's no reason that he should not be playing when the games matter most. Yeah, 41% on three so far. I've, I've thought in particular his three-point shot, I don't know if his shot is actually different. I don't know what it is. I've just never felt more confident in him feels more shooting threes. Yeah, like some of it maybe the rest of the Bucks have really struggled outside of Javon Carter to make those shots in the preseason. But I just – when he's letting one go, it's just like, oh, yeah, you feel great about that. Like I do think he's playing with a confidence. And the thing to hear to monitor will be when Chris gets back, when he's out there with those guys, does he look as good? I think maybe you can work on some of that – just like with how you work the rotations and and maybe almost staggering those guys a little bit to ensure that you have your super reliable three-point wing shooting threat out there at all times. But I thought the threes just look so comfortable, so reliable. I mean, he's one for three twice, but overall, I think he's five for 12 in the preseason. And the drives to the rim look great. I feel like the Bucks as a team have just done a – or as a coaching staff, I should say – have done a great job working on this with players sans Drew Holiday. I mean, they tried with Drew. It's just, it's still a work in progress. But like we talked about it, especially earlier last year, Pat has looked really comfortable driving lately. And just like, there's not much that Pat does at this point. Where did it doesn't did Grace and Allen go to the Pat Connison School of Finishing? That's he what I, it feels like it. Like just really using his length and, and burst that we don't, he's one of those players where he's like more athletic than it looks just the stuff he does, it doesn't always showcase. Why is it. that tie? No, no, seriously though, because most of his game is catch and shoot threes. You just don't notice that burst that much. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. I know, I'm kidding, I know. Um, <laughs> just no. To be clear, to everyone. Yeah, 
No, I know. But um, but see, like he just like wasn't using it. And on these layups, you're kind of seeing like he like uses that burst, uses – he's got long arms. Like he's really the scoop he, layups. He's, yeah, he, he's made more of a concerted effort to extend on yeah. layups. Like use his body as a shield for layup attempts, which is something we didn't see earlier. And it's really quite effective. You see Pat leveraging that. Yep. Obviously, like guys like, like Giannis is the best in the world. At that. Yeah. Like using yeah. his body to do that. So – but if you – if you get guys like Grayson sort of leveraging their angles and doing that, maybe, maybe he learned from me. Maybe Pat, maybe the school of finishing is Giannis. Uh, I know we've talked we about this before. About you, no one can learn from Giannis, though. No, no, no. But in the sense of like, because it, it's not just Giannis using Giannis, like his athleticism. That's true. Yeah, he does but leverage Giannis, the like angles. The, exactly. Giannis is the best rim finisher in the league. And I'm not talking about just dunks and stuff. I'm talking about his ability uh, to put the ball like near well, the rim. Was and it let, like, the Hornets game winner yes, that was the most impressive yes. we've ever seen? Yeah. He put the ball at the bottom of the backboard tie yeah. to put it in, and it looked zero effort Is whatsoever. Is he honest a physicist? He might be. Or would that be geometry? Maybe both. It's all math. Yeah. Giannis is a mathematician is what we've learned. Just another thing me and Giannis have in common. Exactly, exactly. Um, both have been cited around Marquette from time to time. Yeah. Well, are you going to claim Giannis is a Marquette guy? I mean, he's been that's there. Where I get, that's where that's where I saw him. That was my first ever tweet. I, I first of all, I'm going to take a victory lap. That is the greatest first tweet ever. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, how can you top that? I'm I'm not going to try. That's for sure. <laughs> Six years on that stupid ass. <laughs> <laughs> Grayson Thanks, Allen, Adam. though, I, I I don't I don't have that much more, but I just been impressed. Want to see it maintain and just even if it's slightly less shots per game, I just want to see him maintain the aggressiveness because it, it's been great. Um, really sure. impressed with with Grayson Allen. Let's talk about Giannis quickly. This is not one of my big takeaways, but a quick takeaway: seventy percent from the line in the one game he played tracks with the EuroBasket stuff. He looks like Giannis. It's just nice to see. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised. We saw him at all, but I guess he kind of had it's, to. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like he kind of had to play at least one of them, and he, you know, he played a decent amount of minutes in the one 20, game. Twenty one minutes, yeah, twenty one minutes, six sixteen from the field, whatever, seven to ten from the free throw line, sure. Yeah, it wasn't 19, a great Giannis game, honestly. It was, it was, it was fine. He did what he had to, and yeah. it seemed like he was just there because he had it, to. It felt like it felt like he was like, all right, I'll take a bunch of shots for these people. And he then, just he wants and to hang go. out with Runveer Singh, apparently. Yeah. You have no idea who that is. No, either. I don't. Who okay. is that? He's like one of, he's like the biggest Bollywood actor. Oh, oh, that's pretty cool. He's like one of the biggest actors in the world. Just people don't realize would, it because Would you Bollywood. say he's a better or worse actor than Steve Harvey, who is also in attendance? Way better. Le- leaps and bounds better. Let's see. How many followers does Ramvir Singh have on Instagram? It's ridiculous. You're you're not gonna believe this when I tell you. No, I will, because I've looked up soccer players before. And I know that. Forty one point six. Yeah. Million. I, I know. Yeah. That's look up look up Messi. Oh, it's ridiculous. I know. That, that's the soccer player stuff is like always makes everything out like they're what they make, their followers, it's always crazy. Wait, is Messi even on Instagram? Oh, is he not? Ronaldo then. Yo, Ronaldo's the most, right? I think he's up there. Well, I mean, but then like someone like Kylie Jenner has more. It's, no, no, it's like most crazy. like a biggest athlete. Yeah, I think he is. Because he has four hundred and eighty seven million dollars. <laughs> That's but like like the the point I'm trying to make is uh, no yeah like, he's super super famous great actor yeah what were you saying though we'll have to do a make time for this on some of his movies 
I don't remember what I was saying. Just to be honest, not not too much. Yeah, I want to see you guys watching Bollywood movies. That'll be. I've watched one. What did you watch? I've heard of one. I don't. I couldn't name it, Rohan. It was like they. they, It was like a festival of colors scene, and there was like colors all up in the air. It was pretty cool. I could not name the movie. This was a long time ago. If anyone ever gets the chance to celebrate Holi, H O L I, that's the festival of colors. And seems pretty. It seems super cool. It's so fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I'm glad we got some Indian culture in on the year. We don't do this yeah. enough. Anyway. Yeah, but Giannis, I, I just like the free throws. Not much to take. I, I, I'll share this now. My list of guys, I just have nothing to share. Drew Holiday, Pat Connaughton, Thanasis, and Luca Vildoza. I just like – it's like, okay, fine. Yeah. They, they, okay. they are who we thought they were. Can I do one more kind of quick yeah, big, big takeaway before I hand it back? Because the Giannis one was fast. I think the offense is changing a little bit too. I feel like, and this may just be a preseason thing. They've barely had Giannis, et cetera. There's been a ton of ball screens. And this is something that I think we both really like to see. They're running both, double drag time. Yeah, they're doing double drag. There's been a Spain pick and roll or two, both with like Brooke and Serge, who is playing a lot um, as like typical rollers, but also other other actions. It's, if you if you're running a double drag or Spain, whatever you want to call it, with yeah. Brook and Surge, it's it's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. It is. Uh, it's like a it's like a double plod with those guys yeah. out there. Not a double no, drag. A quick quick takeaway. Surge is funny. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's going to be some some hilarity with Serge Ibaka. But well, how do you feel about the offense? Because I think this is something where even if it is more of just a non-Giannis minutes thing, it's going to really help the non-Giannis offense. It's like a pretty simple thing that we even others, especially I know uh, Nikias and Steve on the dunker spot, always call for more seasoning from the Bucks. Early early indications are we might get a little bit more. This could be a big deal for the half court offense. It could. Like you you see at some points, like we've seen the Bucks offense falter time and time again, but that's it's kind of expected because they're a defense first team. Their their goal is to try to just outwork you, just overwhelm you. Which uh, I think t- quickly, it all comes from Giannis. I think they have to be. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's a choice. I think that's Giannis, that's who he is, that's how a Giannis team should play. Like he's he's not He's a great offensive player, but I think he's built to win games that way. And the team is built like that around him, which is smart. Yeah, it, it, it melds perfectly. PJ, please come back. Uh, it's He was so perfect. Get bought out first and then come back. Yeah, get bought out, please. <laughs> um, or unless, uh, unless they're willing to pay a lot of money. We have an ownership thing we can get to a little little later. but uh, that, that might have to be its own thing. Yeah, it might. Um, offense yes offense thank you uh it's it's something where if you get a little more creative you can sort of feed you get to see more featured plays for guys like Grayson Allen like Javon Carter guys who wouldn't normally get super involved in the offense especially when you have guys who are just pure defense out there like you don't want to have Wes Matthews running around on offense because he's got to be saving a lot of his do you? <laughs> what, I want it once per game. Once per game, when he's going to do Ty, a cool Here's play. what's going to happen. Here's what's going to happen when Wes Matthews is running around the ball, like on offense. He's going to run around two screens. He's going to find a guard. He's going to post him up, yep. call for the ball, Hell yeah. and post up. Hell yeah! A little dream shake out there. I trust Wes. You know what? Sure. <laughs> Go if we get one of those per game, that's fine. Yeah. But it, it, if you have more creative offense, it allows like more offense first guys to get involved even a guy like Serge Ibaka mm. who's honestly shown more offensively than defensively for the Bucks in yeah. this preseason. I've seen I've liked the, I've liked him more on offense than defense. If he could same. hold the basketball, I would agree. I'm not sure cuz he can't really maintaining possession is a lot. I'm telling you, man, stop the skincare routine on your hands. Keep it for your face. Your face looks great, but you're moisturizing too He's much. He's got to do man. the DeMar DeRozan and dip those suckers in paraffin wax. Does he actually do that? that? Was a big, it was a big like 2K interview thing with him. I heard him say it like a hundred times on 2K18 or something. Okay. That, yeah, to get better touch on the ball pregame, he would dip. I, I don't understand how that works. Does he wipe it off or does he have like – Wax hands? That that can't be the case. But yeah, is apparently. that even legal? I, yeah, it's like the spider tack thing of basketball. They're gonna start checking Demar's hands at, at quarter breaks instead of, instead of ear gate, it's hand gate. Yeah, you, I don't you know. Saw ear gate, right? It was it the Mets thing. No, it was a uh, Blake Snell on the Padres. He had some oh. like, red stuff. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. Mets Padres, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 R.I.P. the Mets. Funny. I had adopted them as my team. Why? I don't know. Well, one of my buddies is a Mets fan, so okay, that's yeah, understandable. Yeah, is your buddy Donovan Mitchell? No, you could. My said buddy, that. my buddy plays defense. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I, I think I feel, Donovan Mitchell will. I feel the need to take some. Yeah, he's never played with a good defensive player before, so finally, I feel the need to take some shots at the Cavs. I just feel like people are people are raising a little too fast. Yeah, especially you and uh, your your. Very familiar relationship with the chase down. You have to take shots. At the yeah, that's true. That, we're, 
we're in a fantasy league, and, and Justin hit me with something about, oh, bucks are bucks don't spend or whatever, and I was like, yeah, you guys oh, are gonna. Okay, be, I, I, I was like, you guys are gonna be contenders if there's a bubble for this playoffs. That's for sure. Oof. Yeah. Ooh, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, offense getting better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bucks offense, uh, fun, good stuff. It's good. Yeah. No, get, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, of course. Get more good offensive players involved in the offense. It's usually a good result. And make it easier for everyone. There's no law that says it has to be hard for Chris Drew and Giannis. Like, this is like the new thing in football. I feel like the move is like, make it easy for your great players. Like, run a run a, run a system that makes it easy for the Patrick Mahomes When you have only Allen's. one or two yards to go, maybe run the ball instead of trying to throw it. <laughs> Russell Wilson, Listen to, <laughs> Matt LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I was going to say that. That hit closer to home, too. Okay, what, what's Broncos next country, for you? What's, not, yeah, dude. We can't. We've done enough other stuff. Bucks preseason. Um, what's another one? Oh, Lindell should have the two way, not AJ Green. I had this too. I had exactly Lindell over AJ Green as a as a thing. I'm sorry, AJ, but like yeah. you, you're not doing anything out there. Lindell started slow. The last game though was like really he was showing. He also out. had a comeback effort. Yeah, yeah. I just he's it's better. Ridiculous. We've seen so much more from Lindell. He's more familiar with the organization. He's shown more. He can do more on the ball. He can do more off the ball. He can do more defensively. Just Lindell all the way. I don't know if he actually can do more off the ball. And I feel like that may be the reason A.J. Green is still in there. Ty, A.J. Green does one thing off the ball. I know. It's the only thing he does. It's an important thing off the ball. He stands there and he shoots the ball. I know. Lindell can shoot the ball. Yeah. I feel like he's not a great off-ball mover yet. That may be one thing that Lindell really has to work on. Um, That's fair. But none of the Bucks were. Maybe that was just a product of the Bucks' offensive yeah. system. Yeah. I do think he is a pretty perfect, if you need an emergency, Javon or Drew, like just a, po- a point guard to slide up in case, in, like, in case of emergency. I do think that's a pretty perfect role for him. Obviously, you have George Hill to do that a little bit as well, right? But um, if you are going to look at it and say – we like George off ball, then I think Lindell on the two way to be your just like we need a guy to come in and guard ones and move the ball around. Like that's a pretty good break glass in case of emergency option. I agree though. He's just been better. And at a certain point, like, yes, you're short on wings to start the year with Chris out and Ingles out for quite a while. But I, I just don't see the scenario where AJ Green is really the answer there. Um, there's just so many guys who are still going to slot in ahead of him, including fellow two-way Mamu, who I'd rather play Mamu at the three than A.J. Green. I think I'd rather play Mamu at the two than A.J. Green at this point. Sorry to rag on you, A.J. Green. I, I hope – I mean, either way, he's going to play a ton with the herd, whether he's the two-way or not. But I, I hope he can really show something there because the Bucks glimpses. Like, he's hit a couple threes. I don't think he's really had a game where he's gotten hot, though. And you no. almost need that if that's like – if that's your whole thing. Yeah, It was summer league when he got hot. Yeah, which is not real basketball. He's one no, for uh, five, one for five from three and the field in the first game. Yeah, I saw I saw you're interacting uh, with this tweet that I kind of thought of. It was from Frank Van. Shout out Frank Van. Oh yeah. Uh, it was a, if I have the choice between watching uh, Marjan Bochamp and AJ Green or whoever, I'd rather have a one-handed Chris Middleton and a wheelchair. And Joe yeah, Wendell. yeah. And I tried to stick up for Mamu. Frank wasn't having it, but he. Wa- I lied. AJ Green was three for six in uh, the late game of of the third Abu Dhabi game, but just didn't feel like it. He just hasn't really since preseason has started. Just hasn't really impressed. You know, they have until the last. I mean, that, 
they have probably a while. There's not much of a time limit on on this stuff like this, but I do think Lindell deserves the two way more and really has continued to impress in most of his role. In most, or of his do we run. do we think that if he doesn't get the Bucks two way, he could get another? Teams two way. I'm sure he could. Yeah, he that, that's the issue. He could make like the Thunder run. No, maybe not. No, they have, they have too players. many players. Yeah. The Jazz. I think most rosters are pretty. A lot of the a lot of the bad teams have too many guys, and they're having to like trade and get rid of them or cut them. He can definitely get a two. I think though. a two way though. Yeah, two way is is totally possible that Lindell could get snagged, and that could kind of burn you later if he ends up being a solid rotation piece, especially keep, if he goes to Miami guys. or something. Yeah. yeah. Keep the guys that are good. Like I get, I get the drawbacks. Like what? He's, he's a little undersized. He's six, one, like one eighty, I believe. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. A little undersized, but he can just do so, so much more. Like what's the, what's the upside? What's the ultimate player that AJ green could be? Duncan Robinson. Duncan Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Corver, whatever. Same difference. Yeah. Just two players that are never going to help you in a postseason setting. Oh, I think they could a little bit in the right situation. Duncan Robinson was in the perfect situation and got benched. Decrepit Kyle final. Lowry at point guard is the perfect situation for anyone. Okay, what we've seen Kyle Korver on this Bucks team. But he was different 30, 3,900 years old. Okay, they can help sorry. you. They can't close games. Bryn Forbes helped exactly. win the Bucks. Help sweep the Bucks a playoff series. That's true. There's there's Fox limited Legend, utility. I'll let you say that. There's limited utility. Can we get, can we get utility. Bryn Forbes back? I know he's, he's in Minnesota. Play, he, yeah, he's actually. I think he's going to play there. Yeah, he probably should. Minnesota's going to be interesting. This year. They have a deep a deep rotation, like their team. Wouldn't mm-hmm. call him a contender though. People disagree. I call him a sneaky contender. I'm say, I call them a team that could yeah, could fair. potentially go into contention. They're not right now, but I, I like sneaky contenders. We're we're thinking the same way. Yeah. I put the Lakers there too. Believe it or not, not as currently oh, constructed. Same. Not as currently constructed, though. Ooh. I think they're a trade. I think, they I need think a you trade. can be, you can be a sneaky contender. They're below the Wolves, but they can be a contender just because of LeBron and AD. Yeah, yeah. If we get the fabled healthy LeBron, healthy AD, but I still think they need it. Even with that, I think they need a trade to get out of the West because their roster right now is buns. For sure. Okay. My next. Did you see the? Do you see the fake trade? Sorry. Uh, no. It was. It was. Uh, Draymond to the Lakers. Oh God! Uh, Jay Crowder, Russ. Russ. No, no, Russ. Russ to Indy, and then Miles oh. Turner to the Warriors. I don't know if the Warriors really care about Miles Turner. I think Miles. Yeah, I mean, Kavon Looney does everything they need. And, and they're they're high on Big Jim Wiseman. <laughs> big Jim. They love him. Every every. There's quote only one is, Big Jim time. That's true. Every quote is he's the next Hakeem or whatever the hell they're talking about over there. Yeah. Okay, but go on. What's the next thing? Mamu versus Wara. The the yeah. sneaky position battle we talked about. I will say I don't think either has knocked my socks off, but I would certainly give the edge to Mamu Same. in that position battle. I know I was higher on, you know, Wara's contract than you and I think anyone at GSPN was initially. I'm starting to think it's a little confusing, and I, I, I mean, people on the league still seem to be like really high on him as a prospect. Maybe it is just a trade thing, but he just has not impressed much at, at all. I mean, I know we gave him the upstock game one because he shot a lot and scored a lot. I don't think he's really even been that good since he's kind of lost rotational spot since as as other guys have played more. Uh, Mamu also, I think the most interesting takeaway. 
I mean, we know about the getting to the rim. That's been on display all preseason. The shooting has not really been there for him, which is weird. In the three games, he has had four assists, two assists, and three assists in 20 minutes, 15 minutes, and 18 minutes. So you're talking about a guy who, as well as getting to the rim and spacing the floor, although he hasn't hit shots, has really been like a deep bench offensive hub, which is a fun skill set to be able to bring in with a guy coming in deep off the bench. I just think – I just want to see more. I just think there's more there. And there's more of a complete offensive player there, even if the defense is, you worry about it a little bit. Um, I I think the draft analysis has kind of held, right? A super weird player, a very weird player. I also think we were wrong, though, that he's way better than we expected. And I think he can be an NBA player, even if he's like a 10th, 11th guy still right now. But I'd like to see him on an NBA contract somehow, some way by end of year. I just think... I think to me, he's shown more than Wara and deserves deserves that true NBA spot at this point. And I want to see him play with the real players a bit in the regular season. For sure. I, I agree. I think the way the Bucks should have handled this is they should have converted Mamu and then signed Wara to a two-way. That's probably a tough sell for Wara considering he got two years, six million at the end of the day. That's true. I mean, it's yeah, that's true. It would have been a tough sell considering he had the qualifying offer sitting there. Yeah, yeah. You can't really, you can't really do it. Unless I mean, you, you just don't offer the. Yeah, you could have just not in the beginning, and then, and then AJ Green, Lindell on the two ways, Mamu on a guaranteed roster spot. I probably feel a little bit better about that. No, no AJ Green. Like, just have War on the two ways. Oh, I, I assume he's not taking it. I think he gets better than that. So uh, there's teams that are high on him. I'd still that's fair. That. You you get to keep the asset here. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's done. We'll see if, uh, they, if they turn it into a bad first or something. Yeah. I'll be stunned. But like I still the war turn thing it into was, a first round pick. That team falters and you get Wemby. <laughs> if if someone in the, even possible to slide into the lotto sends an unprotected first for Jordan Wara. That would be the biggest NBA malpractice I've ever seen in my or life. To, okay, how about this? Top one protected, you get scooped. Uh, I could live with that. It would still be the biggest NBA malpractice I've ever seen in my or life. Or even top three, you get one of the Thompson twins. True. Like let's say, let's say you Minnesota, for example, wants uh, wants Jordan Warwick because they think they're a contender. Boom! Obviously, knock on wood. Hopefully, it doesn't happen. You get some injuries. Someone gets upset. No, just uh, here's all that needs to happen. Somebody tells Carl Towns to treat every game like a playoff game, and they go <laughs> ten and seventy-two because he scores eight points a game. But they still got you. Still got Ant and Gobert. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I'm. I, they wouldn't go ten and seventy-two. I'm just saying it could it could happen. It probably won't happen. Talk about Waru versus Mom. Wara okay, versus yeah. Mom. I'm getting way Waru. out top. Yeah, you are. This Talk is what about happens when the, it's early and I'm still an ADD brain. I get that. Funky position battle. I want to hear your thoughts on what you've seen from these two players. I've seen nothing that from Jordan Wara that's made me think anything different from him. Are you are you slanted against him because he got a shot blocked by Trey Young? It was not him. I, oh, I was mistaken. Was, was it? Grayson. It was Marjon. Oh, it was Grayson. No, Grayson. Oh. Yeah, I, I had to delete a tweet in shame. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, I, I thought it was Grayson too. Then I saw your tweet and I was like, oh, it would make sense if it was Wara because he has that funky, pretty low shot release. Yeah, I think I, I was 
looking at something on my laptop at the time yeah. and I heard the commentators say it and I think they were wrong. Yeah. So uh, who, whoever was on there was making some mistakes. He was like, Jordan War, I mean, Marjan Bochin. <laughs> but I mean, he was prime SVG. Or, uh, or Marv Albert, excuse me. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> here's Russell Westbrook from half court. He's dunking the ball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Jordan War and Mamu, I, I agree with you. I really, I think Mamu is probably the better option at this position. I've just seen, I haven't seen enough development from Jordan War in terms of his awareness, like, again, it's early, it's preseason, you still have a bunch of time to figure this out, but he's had time to figure this out. He's had time to work on these sort of uh, areas that he was faltering in. Like, you just see, I've seen too many times this this preseason where he's tried to drive to the rim just to be more aggressive and, so, and it just gets taken from him. He, like, his drives to the rim, are, it looks like a running back carrying the rock. I don't understand. Yes. I don't understand how it's not a travel every time. And he just, like, it just doesn't seem – like we talked about how Grayson is using his body, using his length and like kind of getting around guys. It's like – it looks like War is just hitting halfback dive every time. He just goes straight toward the rim from wherever he is and he just ends up getting stripped or like losing the ball a lot of the time. It's just – it's very weird the way he drives. And he's got a good Maybe floater he- but like when he tries to get to the rim, it's just very bizarre unless, unless there is a wide open path, which is great to do. But – like when there's a contested drive, I just go like, "What is going on here?" Maybe he's the one that actually went to the Giannis school of finishing, but yeah. he's just he's not Giannis. <laughs> he's like, I, I I got this. I've seen Giannis do this a hundred <laughs> times. <laughs> I can do it too. <laughs> um, but no, I just nothing's impressed me from Mora. I mean, again, nothing's super like really impressed me from Mamu in these couple games either. But yeah, we just have a larger. We have a larger sample with Mamu doing good things than we do with War having good th- doing good things at this point. And I, I do think there's been more plays from if we look at all of what both of them have done, where I've gone, oh, that was impressive, Mamu. Like I, even if he I, he has not had an overall excellent game, it wouldn't surprise me if we got one in these next two. He'll probably play a lot over the course of those two games. Um, but I just think overall, I've seen more plays that impress me from him. I've liked the assists he's put up. Uh, even if the shots aren't falling. So I think, you know, it would be very – he could play mostly the same and have two threes go in instead of zero and pretty easily walk out of a game with like 15 points, five rebounds, three assists, and like have a really positive impact. And I just think his, his getting to the rim ability wows me on a pretty regular basis. I still believe in the shot even though he's been cold in preseason. And the the passing is better. So – I just I really want to watch him more carefully on defense. Too, so much of the games have just been like kind of just weird. You could barely see what was happening in the Abu Dhabi games, like 2K Retrovision. I'm excited yeah, to get on, more. Like, come on, if you guys have so much money over there, get some decent cameras, right? Like, like get some on. fiber optic cables or something. It was very bizarre, but yeah, I, it, I won't. I agree with you. Not decisive for Mamu. More of just like Waru. The opportunities there again. I just don't know if if we're going to see him capitalize and I don't know. I think I think it's fair we should also be fair and say we're a little bit biased in our opinions of war in terms of we've seen this for I was, years now. But I was pretty high coming in. Remember no, 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 I'm I not watched saying, game I'm not, 1 and I was like, man, I think some kind of good things. I don't know. And then the next two games have been like, oh, okay. No, in, in terms like I'm saying in terms of what he has yeah. shown already, we're out on that. I'm saying like yeah. you, you were mentioning earlier, like there's there's high praise about him throughout the entire league. Yeah. And that's because he does have like 
solid NBA got, skills. He can still score the ball. Yeah. He can still shoot the ball. He can still do those things. We're just bored of that at this point. Like we've yeah. seen enough of that when I feel like we should be taking that more into consideration when we don't because we've seen the other stuff of Jordan work. Just to be fair. that's. I all. mean, no, I get that. I don't know if we're not taking it into consideration though. No, I mean, we are. We just want to see more. But I feel yeah. like other people around the league are like, oh, he has that. Like Raptors fans would be going crazy if Danilo Banton could do this, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? Like, well, yeah. But... That's not that's not even a shot at Raptors fans or Banton. I'm saying if Banton could do what Wara does, he'd be even better of a prospect. Yeah. But then if you took away everything else, he probably that's wouldn't true. be. That's the <laughs> issue. That's the whole thing. It's like he just hasn't been able to fit it into a team construct that's very helpful to this point. Yes. For sure. Uh, is it is it my turn? Yep. What's next on your list? Um, let's see. I'm kind of. I've got one more that I think is worthy of extended discussion. I think the rest are going to be kind of rapid fire from my end. So I'm eager to see what you've got. On I there. might be. I might be all out of extended discussion, but uh, just like Bobby's been all right. <laughs> oh my god! What a terrible. The biggest Bucks storylines. Bobby's been all right. I had I had written down uh, point Bobby. He's been moving with fast breaks a lot, which I find interesting. I, I find yeah okay that that's something. Let me sorry to interrupt. Yeah you. yeah go ahead. That's something I don't like. Yeah I don't. I, well I wouldn't mind it if he would pass. Like there that's is the value. This was a whole rust thing, right? Like oh it's value. It gets the team moving so much faster if the guy who gets the rebounds. Pushes the ball up the court. You don't have to look around and find the point guard or whatever. The problem is he dribbles it up and then just like posts up somebody. And it's like, okay, that's kind of a waste well, of see, semi-transition. Thing, yeah. So I'm fine with that if he gets a mismatch. Because a lot oh, of the yeah. times the guy running back on defense is a smaller opponent. Fair you point. get Bobby Portis in a cross match. You're going to want to exploit that mismatch right away. I think Bobby does a good job of that and recognizing that in transition. The problem is, is when that's not there and he still tries. Yeah. And he's just, you get tunnel vision. You're not really seeing him pass the ball that well. Also, uh, like he has, doesn't have the tightest dribble I've ever seen in my entire life. That's just not his game. I love Bobby, but that's just not his game. You, he has to be set up. He's not going to be setting up himself. So point Bobby, I don't know, man, (laughs) but you just, you can't get that tunnel vision and you can't just be dribbling for extended periods of time, especially if you're going against like guys who love to poke the ball loose. Like imagine yeah. him doing that against Drew Holiday. What would Drew do if he sees Bobby bring the ball up to transition? It'd be, it'd be like that, that clip of Kawhi taking it away from, uh, was it, was it Rudy Gay? Who was No, Ben McLemore. Yeah. He took it from him like three straight possessions. Yeah. And it's just like, why? This is bully. <laughs> yeah. You, you can't keep doing it at, that, at a certain point. Yeah, I agree. It's been it's been all right. I, I think overall, though, yeah, he's been fine. Um, I'd like to see the point Bobby stuff refined. I also think it's easier to do that when two out of the three games is no Giannis. I, I, you know, the, it, it'll be a different set of priorities, I think, for everyone when Giannis is is playing more. For sure. What's the what's the one thing you had left that was extended discussion? Got to talk about Marjan Boclamps, large Marge. My note is Marjan is a rookie, all right. Uh, the flashes, really? let me go first, and then I'll let you go. I'll let your propaganda kick in. The flashes have been there. Still some plays. We go, oh, man, that's really exciting. The defense has been very good, very solid. Some plus plays, like a really good block and steal, I think, over the course of the games. He just doesn't know what to do on offense. He just hasn't figured it out yet. And maybe he'll have some more time to play with the Bucks early season with Chris and Joe Ingles out. I do think this is a player who might benefit from 
being off ball with the herd and being able to play 30 minutes a night and having like the Lindells and now potentially Jordan Bones of the world, setting him up and just getting him more comfortable with catch and shoot threes, more comfortable moving off ball. Like, what's he made? Like one shot, I think, over the three games? No, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. He made, he made, uh, he made three shots. He made two in the second game, but the uh, the transition he made dunk one was in the first. first yeah, it's one in the first, two in the second, none in the third. Oh, did he not make any in the third? No, he was, he only took two. He was zero for two from three. He oh, made two yeah, free throws right, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to go on a propaganda here. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you. He yeah. does look like a rookie, and this is something that you have to you have to expect. I yeah. when I when I said I was high on Bojan. I didn't want to say people should be expecting him to be NBA ready game one. This is a long-term play. He is a rookie. This is his first time playing NBA basketball. He did not even play Division One college basketball. Yeah, He was uh, at a community college and then played with the Ignite. Uh, and this is like, that was when the Ignite were just an exhibition team, which is only changing this year. Uh, well, well, I wouldn't say that. Well, they, that's literally what they were, is an exhibition team. I mean, they... Are they are they able to qualify for playoffs now? Is that what no, you're saying? No, now oh. they are. Yeah. Oh, now, now they, they play a full regular season. No, I mean they they went on a little tour. You're right. Okay, whatever. Go on. <laughs> uh, but what I'm trying to say is that you're gonna be you're gonna see these growing things. Like obviously, the one thing that we saw with Bochamp even during pre-draft process is offense is not his strong suit. He yeah. like we were championing his defense as something that could get him into the game right away. Because that's something that Bud really values. That's something this team really values. And that's something that you're not going to get abused on if you're actually in an NBA setting. However, he's had a lot of miscues when he has the ball. He's had some flashes. You're right. He's like taking a few good step backs in the corner. Where it's like, oh my God, he has that in his arsenal. But he also has possessions where he travels two straight times whenever he gets the ball. You're going to see these growing pains. You have to, you have to experience the game. You have to learn the game in order to be able to do things like that. Like, he's yeah. not, he's the 24th overall pick for a reason. He's not like, he's not Scoot Henderson or the the Thompson twins of the next draft. I'm not even counting Wendy. Yeah, but nobody's Wendy, man. No, it's like, you have to, you have to recognize what you have here. And what you have is a very, very raw prospect. Yeah. On, the, on both sides, but defensively, he's more ready than he is offensively. And that's really, really shown. Does he have the opportunity to grow? Yes. Does he have the skills that could make him a plus offensive player and defensive player? Absolutely. Does he have that right now? Absolutely not. No. It's going to be great for him to get the vitamins from Bud and the coaching staff and and really come up the right way. I think our takes earlier about like, oh, it'd be fun to see him start are just ludicrous now. It's just not I know. I still, I still no, believe it. No, I, I still think I that's true because it's no. the same concepts apply. You can be a solid, like he can be a good defensive player out there. But also you need those reps. We, that's the same thing we talked about. We didn't expect him to be a plus offensive player. Let's not go back on that. No, We're, yeah, but I, I think I didn't expect him to be a, a decisive minus offensive player. And that's sure. what he had. I, I just, I, I don't think, I don't think it would be good for him. Honestly, I don't think he should start games. I think, year. I think it would be good for him if he has like sort of mandates about what he should be doing out there. Like if I think Currently in the preseason, the Bucs are basically going out there and telling him, like, especially during the end of games, hey, go out there and see what see what you can do. Because yeah. the Bucs are still trying to develop, like, they're still trying to get information about what he can do. And the best way to do that is, like, preseason games because the yeah. games don't matter. 
But if you go out in a regular season game, be like, hey, you can go out there. You can be a catch and shoot guy. If you see a lane, go attack. Do things like that. You don't have to be like a guy when he catches the ball, especially when he plays with more offensive ready players like we saw him in these games. He's not out there playing with Giannis or Drew most of the time. He's out there playing with the the, the bench guys. Like he's out there playing with your your Mamus, your Lindells. Like when he catches the ball, there's more of an expectation of him to do something in that situation rather than just being able to pass it off to the next guy. Like if he catches the ball, it's like, oh God, I don't, like no one else here has leverage. Maybe I can create some leverage. When you're out there in a normal game, you have other guys who can create leverage. You don't have to be yeah. the guy in those situations. I still think it would be beneficial for him to get a lot more experience and playing time. Yeah, I don't disagree. Games. But I think starting I think is too could, much. You could start it. No, I, think, I think you could. I think I think that is throwing a guy into the fire too much based on the way he's looked in preseason, what his probable comfort level is. I'm fine let's, with him we'll playing. Let's, let's see what these next two games look like. Yeah, he's probably going to start one of those two. Because, again, we imagine – the back, the back-to-back, which is so stupid, by the way, but means almost certainly one of these games we're not going to see the Giannis's, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holidays of the Bucks. Um, so I, I think we probably will see Marchand starting this week, just in a preseason game. But yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, rapid fire time. We covered a lot of it already. We did. Uh, I think the most important one I have left. I think we kind of covered Surge with he's hilarious. I just put highs and lows. There's some plays like, oh, that's really good stuff, Surge. There's some plays where I'm like, what the hell are you doing? It's it's hilarious. Brooke looks a little old. He does. Reminds me, was it the 1920 regular season? Or was it the no, it was the championship, right? 2021? Where we thought he looked ancient? Yeah. Yeah. You were taking the papers. You're yeah. taking the pamphlets. I, the reading materials. The yeah, Brooke Lopez's wash going. reading yeah. materials. I'm not taking them. I don't care. It's preseason. I've chosen to not care. I, I agree with people. He has looked slow. It's uh, 82-game plus pro- five preseason game slog. He's not going to play a ton as long as he's healthy, and I don't think he's looked, like, totally stiff. I just think he's looked a little slow. We've seen this before. I'm not going to overreact yet. No, there's no there's no reason to overreact. Like, again, we said this all pod. It's preseason basketball. Yeah. Like, this is a guy who's trying, like, he recognizes his age. He recognizes he needs to save himself, not go super hard. He's not going to go game six of the finals where he's just dunking over DeAndre Ayton on these guys. Speaking of, we forgot to talk about this in the Javon George Hill part. George Hill's dunk? Yeah. What the hell was that? I know. It didn't even it's count. Just, I said, I, I mentioned that there's a foul call and he dunked the ball. Oh, I totally missed you. I don't know what, what universe <laughs> I was off in. Maybe I was looking at the numbers or something. I don't know. But it was a crazy dunk. I know. It was ridiculous. Oh like, God. George Hill, like, he has that burst. And, like, it's good to see. Like, he, yeah. Like, we saw it at points last year, too, where it's like he's not doing it all the time. But if he has, like, short spurts, he can go out there. He can yam it on guys. Like, he yeah. still has that athleticism. It's just not as constant. I will say, him as, like, a two kind of player at the two. Could be really helpful, especially early in the year with Ingles out, Chris out for a bit. Especially if you know, if if you're not comfortable playing Bochamp a ton, that's a that's a nice a nice option to have at the smaller wing position. Anyway, for sure. Uh, any, anything else on Brooke? Or do you have? I have one more very quick hitter. No, um, go for it. Haven't loved Marquise Bolden's defense. Um, there was some plays around the rim where I'm just like, it just looks like he has no idea how to properly. He's, he's going to be great in the G League. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like all the shooting and uh, maybe they're hoping, you know, we can, Brooke can teach guys a bit of how to defend inside. I mean, Brooke wasn't known as a defender and Serge. Um, but so far, it's just been like 
just doesn't look like he has a great great feel for how to defend at the rim, which obviously is really important for Bucks bigs. That's going to be something I'm going to watch a lot this season and hopefully be able to work with like Vin Baker as coach and Brooke and Serge in the times the Bucks guys get to practice with the herd. Hopefully that's that's helpful to him. But uh, the shooting touch is nice to see. The interior defense has not been. For sure. For sure. Um, do we have any other storylines we need to cover? I think that's it. I know you have something you want to you want to launch at me. Oh, the ownership thing. Bill Simmons says that the yeah. Edens or the the Lazary stake, the Lazary stake may be on the market. I would just prefer if there weren't any changes because we've really liked the way ownership or, has operated. Or it's like taken care of internally, like Edens buys them out or something. Yeah, I'd, I would just rather it stay as is. But I mean, like Edens is currently the governor. Yeah. Yeah, I like I, I agree with you. I'd prefer things stay as is. I, I just hope if the, if he does sell his stake that it's like what like just the status quo is maintained. That's wh- yeah, whether that's it's all, Eden like, spying it yeah. out or someone else. That's all that really or one of the I, other, I, you know, uh, dine in or Fasciatelli. I, I wouldn't more. even say that. I would say because that would disrupt the status quo because one of those two would be enter the governorship. Well, they, it could be uh, who knows? It could be like some sort of a split. Who knows how they're going to do it? I no, because the current currently the way it's set up is that Edens and Lazary switch off every five years. Yeah, if you enter someone like someone else into that, that no, but switch things. But Edens could buy enough of it to where it's just him, and the other two guys are just bigger That's minority fair. owners. I, who knows? I don't know how this stuff works. My prediction: this is not sourced or anything. Yeah, yeah. Is that bef- like Lazary is set to take over the governorship in about two years? I believe. Uh, Might be gets, even less. It, I don't. I don't remember. I think it's the season after. No, that. I think you're right. I think it's 24. Yeah. Uh, or you just it gets taken care of before then. I mean, yeah, that would that would make sense. Or or it doesn't. I mean, it's just it was a rumor. But I will say there's. I'm sure people who are going to Bill Simmons who listens to Bill Simmons on hoop. That's fine. He has sources. I'll never forget. He was like a year early to L.A. Bron. Like he. He does hear stuff. People tell Bill things. So I very very connected. I I am a hundred percent confirmed that at least there is like exploratory talks. Not not confirming reporting, but I a hundred percent believe that. Um, I I just that's exactly the kind of thing Bill would know about and just randomly drop into a low post, which is what happened. Yep. Okay. But now the next thing. This is yeah. something that I I want to try out. I have you're you, jumping. I gave me. you. I gave you, <laughs> I give you zero preparation for what this is, what this concept is. It could flop, but I just wanted to try it out. I was watching this YouTube. Full credit to this YouTube channel, Mister Someday Movies, okay. that I was watching. It, they have these video concepts where they have to guess the movie, be given Ooh. a category mm. by the like a by a savage review. Oh, oh, this is fun. So, okay, I was thinking, how could how could I make this into like a basketball thing? Oh my god! Um, so I was thinking, given the season. Uh, can you guess the player from the stat line? Oh, I love this. Okay. So yeah, I'm all in. Okay. I only have a couple here because I wanted to, I wanted to test out this concept. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start off easy. Mm-hmm. You have the 21, 22 season. Okay. You have a guy who had 39 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, 13 of 19 from the field. Oh, it's a game. It's a single game. I'm sorry. Yeah, can you say it again? Game. I was thinking season. I was like, nobody has no, no, 39 no, no. a game. No, no, no. 21-22 season. He scored 39 points. He had seven rebounds, seven assists. He was 13 of 19 from the field. Uh, four, four from three. Chris? No. Is it a buck or no? Yeah, it's a buck. Oh, is he honest? 
Yeah. <laughs> I forgot Giannis was four. He's four, four from three in a game? Yes. Uh, March 8th, 22. I think, was against the, I think it was the Thunder. Oh, the Thunder. Yeah, wow. that, was, that was the easy one. Oh, apparently not. I was okay. I was like Giannis, Giannis, Giannis. Four for four from three. Maybe that is... Chris would probably Chris would take more. more. Yeah, he would have needed more. Yeah. That's a good call. I think I made... Now I'm looking at these. I think I made these a little too difficult. Okay, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. So, the 1920 season, which okay. is the... Uh, the, the bubble season. Yeah. Player had 11 points, zero assists, five rebounds. He's four of six from the field, including one of three from three. That's Brooke. It is not. Oh, well, how many rebounds? Five. Hmm. Is that Pat? No, it is a big, though. Oh, it's Robin? No. No. What are the bigs with that year? Is that it's not Dragon Bender, is it? No, it is not. But you're getting into the into that realm of player. <laughs> oh my god, who are you giving me here? Uh they didn't have Nico anymore. No. Uh my god, who am I forgetting that was a big on the 2019-20? He wasn't big per se, but he played as a big. I might not know. Give me one more second. This are is you not... rooting for his are you rooting for his success, Ty? Oh my it's TJ Wilson. I would not have thought of him as a big. I'm calling I'm calling chicanery, okay. but okay. Yeah, that's a hard one. I, there's a lot of players who could put up that style. <laughs> the no okay. assist should have given it away though. Yeah. 15-16 season. Ooh. It's J O B. It's not JMB. Okay. That would have been two on the nose. That's uh, true. Shout out JMB, friend of the pod. Yeah. Uh, you got 15 points. You had nine assists, two rebounds, six of 14 from the field, three of eight from three. That's I will a, say this is probably... Oh, go for it. That's a classic Eric Bledsoe game? No. Um, I was saying this is this guy's best game as a Milwaukee Buck oh, by far. Uh, can you give me the stat line one more time? 15 points, nine assists. Two rebounds. He's six of fourteen from the field, including three of eight from three. Nine assists on the fifteen sixteen. So Milwaukee that gives you Bucks. the hint that they're they're a guard. Yeah. I'm trying. Was it no? Juice had better games, right? Yeah, that's that was not Juice. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it was. No, Bayless was gone. I think by then Bayless was gone. I think he was on the Sixers at that time. Yeah. At that point. So it was a guard. It was his was best a, game. It was a 15-16 season, which is the season they faltered after making the playoffs. Yeah, they, in the first they got rid of the vets. Game. So no Zaza, no Jared Dudley. I'm no, they to... Yeah. So what did they have to do when they got rid of all the vets? They had, and uh, he needs them on the team. Sign sign them? No. What's another trade? One? Yeah, you have to trade for a vet. Oh, it's Grievous Vasquez. Yes, it is. Okay. Wow. Yeah, that, that does make sense. Nine assists for Grievous. Okay, General Grievous. Okay, Adam's this worst is last... jersey. <laughs> that, that was his best game as a buck. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, nine assists is not bad, but the shooting was not great. He was, he was broken. Yeah. It was a November game. Like, these games are early. Imagine imagine our takes watching that game at the time. Like, oh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> now we're gonna. Now we're ready. Grievous fast case. Okay, this is my last one. 14-15 uh, right. season. Mm. Uh, he had 13 points, zero assists, two rebounds. He's five of five from the field, zero of zero for three. You're not going to get this. 
I made these too difficult. <laughs> it's not Jeff Adrian, is it? No. Damien Inglis? No, it was not. Jeff Adrian wasn't on the 14-15 team. Oh, I'm thinking of a year earlier. I'm thinking of 13-14 was the no, awful this team. 14-15 was a good yeah, team. First Jason Kidd team. Um, and Kidd could never quit this guy. Shabazz? No. Oh. Shabazz was the next year, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, can you read the stat line one more time? 13 points, zero assists, two rebounds. He's 5-5 five of five from the field. Zero of zero from three. Don't don't let the zero assist fool you into position. Uh, hmm. It's not night. No, it can't be. No. No, that's not a. This is again probably this guy's best best game as a butt. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the random players yeah. that. Jason- oh no no no! It's um, it- oh um, it's not um, is it uh, Kilpatrick? No, it's not Sean Kilpatrick. Is it um no, it's uh Liggins, DeAndre Liggins? No, no. Oh, come on. How many Liggins. weird players is Jason Kidd Liggins. loved? <laughs> Liggins was the next year, I believe, oh. or the year after. Um he's, he's uh he used to he was on the Nets before the Bucks. That's why Jason Kidd loves him. Oh my god. Oh, oh, uh I, I don't remember. What's his name? Jorge Gutierrez. Oh, I loved Jorge Gutierrez too. Oh, I'm sad I didn't get. I would have the. Uh, oh my god, that's a hard game, dude. Uh, it is. If we if we do this again, we need to make this. I think. Oh, no, I'm gonna bring some really. I'm like two points. <laughs> no, it, it was fun. It was fun to think about, but definitely a definitely a challenge. I, I feel like my knowledge of those teams is not as good as I would have thought. No, I think I think I made it a little too difficult. That's a fun one, though. Yeah, I don't know. Let's let's see how the listeners feel about it. How do you feel about it, Ty? Should we make this like a week to week thing? Like, I think maybe. Like I think what we have to do is make it more like um, Purtle and maybe add a little bit of extra, like oh, like maybe give like an idea of like either the position or their height or something or their college, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, college position. is too easy. College is too easy, but position Probably maybe position. Which you you were giving me a lot of hints for sure, but yeah, and I, I should probably pick more average games for the player. No, I don't know if that. I think it's fine if it's a weird game. I think that that adds to the fun. I think I think a weird, not not weird in terms of like obviously if it's like, yeah, they scored zero points and had a rebound. That's not helpful. But um, it's it, it can the be a, it can, <laughs> no, and five fouls. Yeah, it's definitely the Nessus. Um But I think like the position and like one of their better Bucks games that could be fun. Okay, just gotta. Go try something. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like. No, we're refining the idea. We'll do it. Yeah, it's preseason for us too. Yeah. Speaking of, we have a lot to do before the start of the regular season. So we, we are. I, I guess we'll soft announce this now. There's going to be a sick collab preview pod with the winning six fellas before the year. Uh, Bucks and NBA preview. So watch out for that coming soonish. And we've got to do our IPO pod. We'll have to figure we out do. the timing on that this year. We were going to do meaningless preseason stocks. We stopped doing it. We forgot. But we're going to do Buck stock market again this regular season. But I know people have said, come on, how is how is Chris Middleton at two and Javon Carter's at four? It makes no sense or whatever. Fair. We're going to do an IPO just based on where we estimate players coming into the season. We'll figure out a scientific way to do this. We'll walk through it on probably a, a shorter podcast before the year tips off. And then, you know, Giannis starts at whatever, 34, his number. And then it's harder for him to go up or down from there. Maybe easier to go down, but harder for him to go up every game because he's already so high. So 
hopefully a more accurate uh, representation of value on the Bucks stock market this season. For sure. We got to do that. And uh, yeah, there's just lots of stuff happening all over GSPN. We got yeah. we got talk of the tundra. Uh, yep. You and Adam recap the game, uh, the unfortunate uh, London game. Yeah. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, cruising for a bruising. They're going to be like uh, postmortem pod middle of this week, yeah. waiting for some more quotes, because apparently Andrew wants to read the quotes to Adam and, and just get his unfiltered reaction, which does sound like amazing. It's going to be very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, make time for this is always popping. They got an endorsement from the director. Uh, That's true. The movie they just talked about. Uh, but yeah, you can check all of that out. Get all the information at gspn.info. Get all things Eurostep Podcast Network. And also, make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening yes. to this. I didn't say this up top. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave a five-star, five-star rating and review on uh apple and uh, you can leave five stars on spotify if you want to just leave your own review make your own review get into our discord we have a way to do that for you as well in our discord entry form which again is on gspn.info it's a great community we talk all things box brewers packers fantasy sports whatever just every food a lot of food, food talk which has been great everything you could ever want is in the gspn discord uh you won't believe me until you actually see it for yourself so go do it exactly uh, now i'm hungry yeah uh but yeah thank you for listening uh pod random and we will talk to you next time whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.